Hello and welcome to Getting to Grow, the podcast dedicated to unearthing the stories of some of the best brands in the food and wellness space, hosted by myself and Sam. Each episode we chat to founders, experts and industry professionals who each have their own personal journeys. We discover how they built their business, what's next and everything in between. This episode we spoke to Matt Godfroy, founder of Picked Fresh, a sustainable B Corp certified and no plastic organic fresh produce supplier. We chatted about the fresh produce industry being a purpose-led business and how they have reacted to the recent pandemic. Hi Matt, thank you so much for joining us today on Getting to Grow. So Sam and I are super keen to understand um, basically why you started Picked um, and going kind of through the motions of to basically how coronavirus has obviously impacted your business and I'm assuming there's been, as you've seen obviously in the headlines in the news, you know, home delivery is grown massively da, 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 da. so it'd be really interesting to hear like your thoughts and how you've kind of had to adapt super quickly and how your business has grown um so yeah if you want to just get started a bit about yourself um how you got into the food industry in the first place okay so um well first of all thanks for having me so my name is matt godfrey so i'm a founder of a company called sunfresh produce and we created a business called picked so i've been in fresh produce now for 25 years 20 of those years has been in the organic side of, of the business, and that's been supplying the big UK retailers. And um, it all kind of started, or pick started, back in uh, 2017 when I went to a, a well-known retailer um, because they asked me to go in and present about um, packaging. And, um, you know, I'm really passionate about produce and packaging and, and, and always delivering the best possible product to, to our, our, us as consumers. And um, they asked me to go in, give this presentation about packaging. And, um, and I said, listen, the, the future is going to be plastic free. We've got to eliminate plastic. We've got to be going into more sustainable packaging. And I was pretty much laughed out. And I remember leaving this meeting thinking such kind of frustration, bit of resentment and, and just kind of like, wow, you know, you, you are so far off the mark. You know, if, if you guys were divers, diving off a diving board, you wouldn't even hit water. You were that far off. Mm. And um, I, came, I came back to the, to the office, spoke to the team and said, listen, you know, this is what's happened. The organic customers, um, this is what they're looking for. How are we going to do it? So we thought, OK, so, how, you know, how do we do it? What You know, we, we don't have the funds. We're not some massive, great big business that can just throw and pour lots of money on it we're not vc backed or anything so we went to um, a festival called the go organic festival in Battersea park 2018 we bought a 25 year old rice horse trailer where you literally can see all the dents where these horses have been trying to kind of get themselves out of this horse box and no um, yeah no honestly it really is it, i call it the battle wagon because it is um <laughs> it is a lot of fun and um we created this brand for the weekend, Organic for the People. It's kind of like revolutionary, kind of the hand up there holding this bunch of spring onions. And to this festival, about two, uh, about 10,000 people went to it. And we got wow. responses from, yeah, it was really good. Uh, and um, we got responses from 1,200 people, 1,200 kind of entries in, mostly from families and kind of couples that, that attended the event. We, um, we wanted to go so nobody knew who we were or what we were trying to kind of like um, achieve. So under this brand, we parked ourselves next to a very well-known um, established box scheme in the UK, um, right by Stroud Beer Brewery, fantastic uh, beer brewery, also a B Corp. 
um, opposite the main stage and just spoke to everyone. And from this, we got all of this amazing feedback from what people loved about the organic industry, what they what they were disappointed about, what they really, really loved, and also really what they hated. And you know, that's a really strong word, hate. But you know, what do they yeah. hate from it? But how can we how can we make it better? And from all of that, we word mapped out where do we want to go? Now we knew we always wanted to do something direct to 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 us as end kind of consumers, but we didn't really know what would be that vehicle. Um, but then from all of this research, we then created some different brands. So the first brand that we created was one called Growtopia. So at the moment, for instance, Growtopia, that's about urban farming. So that's where we're going to be taking 20 foot, 40 foot shipping containers, putting vertical farming and putting that into then edu- um, education. So that's then going into the local schools and we're then looking at so them. Do you, do you grow that? No, that's all so, grown in the container. So that's the idea. We're actually just talking to a partner about the containers at the moment. And we're okay. looking to having those containers into the schools back end of this oh, year. Oh, wow. And then launch, we're, we're looking initially at eight shipping containers into the education system, local education system, then to the possibility of then rolling out to another 50 next year. So that's all about educating kids of how produce is grown in in a vertical farming. Um, Obviously, it can't be classed as organic, but um, it's a chemical free. um, And it's just about educating kids and about. I was going to say, I think it's so important, the education side of things, because just like I'm obviously working in the food industry, like I'm I like to think I'm relatively educated on like what's good for you and what's not good for you. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the biggest misconception is around it's just education like they just don't know what's good for you and where why it's good for you but I think if you if you teach them young and especially with fresh produce and all the different ways it can use and the the benefits of it they'll they'll kind of have that through like when they grow up because at school we were never taught about like eating really exactly and the beauty is is that uh, a lot of children um, find it difficult learning from books so let's take that classroom experience into these containers, into small groups, and actually teach them about it. And they can actually yeah. then go and actually eat the product. So the product which they're going to be growing will be going into their local can- into their school canteens. Any surplus then could be sold off to the um, to the parents, um, or any extra surplus we can then bring back here and we can then put it through our retail partners. So, it's also like incredibly sustainable as well. Exactly. So that was Grotopia. So that's the first one. Then the next one that we've looked at is Garb, and that's about taking grade A vintage clothing. So we're looking at them bringing over shipping containers of then this clothing, which would kind of goes really unnoticed and, and putting a value back to it. So bear in mind, all of these ideas are what we were looking at back in 2018. So you're, where you now look at it and compare it to where we are now, you're seeing a lot more people are now getting involved in this. So it kind of reinforces that we had the right idea. Maybe we've had too many ideas and haven't been able to kind of do them all. Um, but the the next brand that we created is Liquid Nature. So within that, that's God, you've actually, made your fair share of brands. <laughs> we've got a few, yeah, no. Um, yeah. We've, you know, we've trademarked and registered them all. So uh, Liquid Nature is, um, the, the first one we launched is our organic extra virgin olive oil. Uh, so this, olive oil. this is this is amazing. So, you know, Zara, I will send you some so you can try it. Um, oh, I love it all over like salads. So delicious. Exactly. So it, it's something, it's people that we've worked with in the past and 
we just love their products. So we thought, why not start with their? We're talking to a local um, distillery as well about making uh, a local organic gin, a vodka and a rum for us. Um, so th that's how Liquid Nature will kind of, kind of uh, progress. But the brand that you really want to know about is Pict. So Pict is our direct-to-consumer, direct-to-business, B2B, B2C. And we knew that the established box schemes out there were making, this is my personal view, making too much money. Growers weren't getting a great return. A lot of products was being outgraded. And um, it, it was a market which hadn't been disrupted. And it needed to be, it needed to, it needed somebody to go in and literally just um, blow it up, blow it up. And did you have a, um, did you have a plan? Was it more like, did you, did you always want to go straight from like business to business or did you think that you would have consumers in there as well? Or So we, we knew that we wanted to go direct to us as, as consumers at home and, and be that kind of home delivery service. But we also know that there is a huge opportunity to businesses as well. And, we knew that if we were going to do this, we had to launch with bigger, better values than the current providers. So how do we go about that? Well, as a business, Sunfresh Produce, because that's the trading, that's the trading business, these brands operate underneath Sunfresh Produce. Sunfresh Produce is the first B Corp certified organic fresh produce business, which supplies UK retailers and also owns its own bot scheme. So that's a big kind of plus for us as a business. So PICT yeah. is a B Corp certified business or B Corp certified brand. And then I wanted us to find a supply chain partner which valued the supply chain and then offset their carbon. So we, choose, okay. we chose DPD. DPD, all their deliveries are carbon neutral. Um, plus they're not like other couriers that kind of like tend to throw your, you know, your boxes from county to county and hope you're going to find it. Um, they are the best service providers out there in, in our experience and um, and it's worked really well having them. But one of the one of the biggest kind of points that we wanted to, to bring, which came from the Go Organic Festival, is that people said, listen, packaging, it's just so wasteful. Goes back to my meeting mm. in 2017, coming away from plastic. So we're the only box scheme which is plastic-free, trust not certified. There's zero plastic on our boxes. Our deliveries are carbon neutral. We're B Corp certified business. We're certified by the Soil Association. And we're not like this. One of the frustrations that I, I witnessed at this, at this festival, Go Organic Festival, when, were people, uh, when they were trying to get people to sign up to these box schemes, it was almost like this timeshare selling, people coming up. And it was such a hard sell. And you could see people kind of really... You're like, oh, they're working out their weekly budget of what they can spend. And it was, I just said to the guys, listen, if we're going to ever do a box game, we're never going to have this hard sell, this subscription model, because people don't want it. And it's it's bully tactics. So picked is, yes, you could subscribe to a box if you want to. You can have it once. You can have it uh, every two weeks, every three weeks, every four weeks, however you want it. But 95% of our customers choose to go in and build their own box, put in what they want, when they want. And sometimes people will be buying it once a week, once every fortnight. It, it's a, a no subscription model. There was no I hard push. It's really selling. nice that you can, I think it's really nice that you can go in and like choose your box and what you want in it. Because I think 
it's like when I go to a restaurant and I order a salad and I'm like, okay, I'll have the, the red onion out, the dressing on the side. Um, I can add one hot squash and can I take away the sweet corn? It's kind of like that. And sometimes you do, you do want to choose what you want in it. So I think actually that's a really, like a really nice, unique, like a basically like a unique selling point of it. Definitely. So as consumers, we go into a supermarket, traditionally, you're going to go and pick and choose what you want. Um, you, you know, the, the you could bespoke anything pretty much out there now. And because we've got used to this kind of prime way of buying things, click now, receive tomorrow. Mm. It was, it's a real big challenge in fresh produce to achieve that. But, you know, in picked, we've done it. If you order before 8am, you'll get anywhere mainland UK delivery next day. And that's on yeah. any box, totally bespoke. So when you've got people ordering at, you know, a, a huge amount of our people order between seven o'clock at night to, to midnight, knowing that that order is going to be processed and then it'll be packed the next day, dispatched that next day evening to be with that customer the, the very next day. It, it's, yeah. it's the fastest, the most flexible service that anyone actually offers out of any of the retailers or any of the box schemes. So actually, in terms of like what you're delivering to consumers, you're like leading the way in everything in terms of sustainability, the soil association, you know, the no plastic, and then obviously the instant gratification that consumers now want of getting their product super quickly. Um, exactly that. Yep. Yeah, it's really interesting, actually, that you've managed to kind of literally cover all bases and be this like really incredibly all rounded company offering such a fantastic kind of offer. And it's, so, nation, and it's nationwide. So that was the yeah. big thing. It's not like, oh, we're just going to you know, service the London market. Well, just because you live in London, why should you get it? Why can't somebody in Edinburgh have that? You know, mm. we, we built PICT for the majority, not a minority. Yeah. And that's kind so, of something that you always see through our system. Yeah. So pre, pre-pandemic, um, mm-hmm. on average, what were your, what were your customer oh. orders a week? So PICT, you know, so we launched PICT that was the soft launch back end of September 2019, and it was bumbling along. I mean, you know, we were learning so many, we made so many mistakes. And it was, you know, um, like where we were just talking just before um, we, we, we kind of went live, it was, we, when we built PICT, we put exactly what the pricing was, what's the cost of delivery, what's the cost of this, what's the cost, even the cost of the box, the packaging that goes in broke it all down. But we found that as people used it, 70% of people abandoned the cart as soon as they realized what the cost of delivery was, what's the cost of mm. a box, what's the cost of this. We've got, as consumers, so used to, that's the price and it will be that price delivered. So we had to go through lots of different changes in the system. And because we run a livestock system, so picks unique where if you go onto other box schemes and you put something into your cart, you'll, you'll normally get to the end and it says, oh, sorry, that's not available. Here's a lovely replacement, though. Well, I wanted leeks. I didn't want a cabbage. You know, I wanted carrots. I didn't want a courgette. And, and that's what others do where we run a, a real-time stock situation. So whatever you put in your cart is what we physically have here. So you'll never get a product replacement. So to answer that question... When we when we first that that kind of that that last quarter of 2019, we would maybe do like I don't know, 50 boxes a week. You know, it was really just kind of like tickling along, yeah. nothing, nothing really exciting, and we were just constantly learning and and adapting the system. 
it's quite a good time that you launched it in hindsight, actually, because you had like, you know, four months or maybe probably a bit longer than that, maybe six months of like pre-pandemic trial to like really get your systems like ready and going. And then obviously March 2020 hits and you're like, oh my goodness, we have a system that works. So, you know, in, in the industry that we work in, so fresh produce, no matter what, um, we got to eat fresh produce. So where um, a lot of industries have been very hard hit, the fresh produce industry is kept going. The, you know, our production facilities, pack houses, the growers, everything's got to keep going. The supply chain's got to keep working. Um, and it's been an immense pressure on the entire industry. Well, what happened to us in Pitt is we were kind of, you know, this, these new kids on the block. We got these amazing credentials. We go out there and then COVID hits. And then all of a sudden, within the first two weeks, really, of lockdown, we saw a 17,500% increase. So it, it literally went from, you know, it, it just went from, uh, the way that I describe it to some people is like, it's like having no children. So having eight, eight children all wanting to be breastfed. Uh, in like, you know, like one o'clock in the morning, it was just the most horrific pain that we went through in the business. We didn't yeah. turn off. We didn't turn off the delivery windows. We didn't shut the website down like every other retailer out there did. This, you know, shut it down. We, I said to the guys, listen, this is our opportunity to put our name out there. This is our opportunity mm. to help people that can't go out. This is this is how we can actually make a difference in the world. This is why we. This is why we became a B Corp. It's not about making, it's not about putting profit first. It's about putting the people in the planet first. So this is our opportunity. So guys, we're going to do it. And they all, without fail, said, Matt, let's do it. You know, it was, wow. it was 18 hour days we were working. The guys here, the team are amazing. You're, you'll see some things that I write and I always say it's a rock star team. These guys are like, they are the rock stars of Fresh Produce. Yeah. Really supported us as a business but they supported us as consumers nationwide so it was a huge increase we saw um, and we've managed to maintain a really good customer base out of that and, and our numbers are really nice you know I'm, I'm happy yeah, with I the can, numbers and it's I continuously growing yeah I can imagine that must have been like a really like shock a shock to the system but like a nice shock where you can like yeah just basically like you know, really get your name out there and get your products out to consumers that really need it as well. Because I think there was a lot of people that were, I mean, I didn't because I've never done online shopping in my family. We don't really do online shopping. We're much more of a go to the grocery store kind of family. But especially for the consumers that like really couldn't go out, were like incredibly vulnerable. And, you know, there was all these sorts of, um, I guess, classifications of people that, you know, just didn't leave and didn't go out. I mean, we all were in a bit of a, it was all quite scary and we didn't really know. And the supermarket was quite a terif terrifying outing. But, you know, for you guys not to turn your, um, your orders off and allow people to keep booking, I think was really key. Because as you said, like, yeah, all the major multiples were like, nope, no more orders. And it's like, but what if you really can't get out? What do you do? And you've got no family. Do you know, the most, one of the upsetting things about it was, um, Apart from losing, you know, like a lot of people losing friends to COVID, but um, where we would sometimes have phone calls from elderly people saying, listen, I'm not good on the internet. Can you help me? And then talking them through about, okay, this is how you're going to place the order. This is what we're going to do. Let's put this into your basket. Okay, then now you add your card details. No, don't read them over to me on the telephone. Put them in. Okay. And then and making sure that 
because there are so many vulnerable people out there yeah. to make sure that we looked after them. And again, the team here just, it was a lot of fun and a lot of highs and lows, but you know, we we're coming out of that period, thankfully. And um, hopefully we don't go back into it. Uh, and we've got some really great loyal customers. Um, mm. And we just see how the business develops. Yeah. I was just going to say, how do you think, kind of, because obviously there was, you know, as you said, there was a 17,000% increase or whatever, and clearly, you know, to a point that's very unsustainable. How have you seen the kind of numbers kind of peak and drop? And I guess to a certain extent, now you've probably got a better, more accurate idea of what the future of PIT looks like. And I know you've got other sort of things along the side, but do you see kind of picked as your main channel kind of going forward just because on the on the basis i was just thinking because obviously when um when the pandemic first happened and you got the increase in orders and everyone was kind of not going to the supermarket and i think for you was it that you know your supermarket clients were not ordering as much as they were or stopped orders altogether or how was that kind of thing? And then what do you think is the sort of the future plan for the picture? So all of the retail customers that, that we deal with, um, I will say, were amazing. Um, I, you know, I will particularly um, highlight Morrison's as a supermarket. It was fantastic, the way that they've supported us as a business and, and continue to do so. Um, it, it was really hard for everyone. They, everyone... No matter no matter what in within the food side, it was a it was a complete curveball for everyone. No one saw it coming. Nobody knew how to manage it. But the the key point of it was is that everyone needed to collaborate, and it brought it, it brought people together because you know we've had to find different ways of working to to make sure that a staple product, fresh produce, is uh, accessible to everyone. And where does it, where do I see it going? Well, I think as us as kind of consumers, we've got used to buying online and realizing actually, well, maybe I don't need to go to the supermarket to buy X, Y, Z. I can have it delivered. I can get it delivered when I want. So for instance, pit seven days a week, choose when you want to have it delivered. It's not, well, we're in your area on a Tuesday. So you either get your box on a Tuesday or you don't have one that, you know, you don't have one that week. We've, we've got that flexibility. And us as consumers, we've got used to kind of realizing, well, we can get the essentials delivered. And now instead of looking at the materialistic things, let's start looking at experiences. Let's start, you know, how can we get back to building a community instead of um, going out to the supermarket and kind of, you know, waste two, three, four, five hours going there and then go and do this and go and do that. When you actually we can look to go focus back on our friends and family and, and enjoy that quality time. And I think that's where people are, have realized that there is that opportunity now to go, to go to do that. And the convenience of online shopping is, well, it's literally four clicks and you can have a fresh produce box delivered to you um, tomorrow. It's that easy. And do you have any kind of, because I know, and we were talking about it earlier, it's the kind of instant gratification, you know, we live in central London. So there's, you know, the rise of all of these like express delivery, you know, 10 minute grocery services all throughout London, but clearly they're kind of uh, more than just fresh produce or not 
specific to fresh produce. Do you see picked being, you know, fresh produce only going forward, or do you think there's demand for, you know, other products and other things that so aren't necessarily fresh? A lot of the bot schemes, first of all, started off doing fresh produce, and um, my own belief of of where they've potentially gone wrong is that they've diluted their brand and they've you know you you can buy literally everything from them now and we realize that you know as as consumers that you want to go to somewhere that knows what they're doing and are good at what they do um and that's what picks can always going to picks will always stay true to being fresh produce and you know only organic fresh produce so that's why we have the other brands liquid nature for drinks and oils and things like that um and i i don't really want to start you know selling cereal and pastas and eggs and it's there are other specialist businesses for that so support these specialist businesses because a lot of them are small independently owned businesses that need support it's it's not a um you're not supporting a big corporate, you know, picked some fresh produce. It's family owned. You know, we, we're not some great big venture capitalist funded business that's had 130 million pumped into them that don't make a profit. You know, you're supporting 40 people that I employ, 34 full-time, three part-time, three students. Um, you're supporting all of them. You're not supporting a uh, corporate CEO's fifth holiday home. Yeah, and I think that's a big, I think you're right what you say, because I think it's also been a trend that kind of supporting local, eating local uh, community, you know, people helping each other out over the past year. I think, you know, it's hard for us because we live in London, but there's still, there's still local businesses that, you know, people can support. And I think, although you, you supply nationwide, I think it's good for people to just think a little bit more kind of, responsibly about their choices of where they shop and what they buy and I guess it comes back to your core principle of doing organic using organic produce rather than you know normal produce right and I guess the other thing that I was really interested in asking you because you're the first company or I think you're the first company that we've spoken to uh, that is a B Corp is just about the kind of your journey to becoming a B Corp what it means what it entails for those who don't know um, and I guess kind of the reasons why you did it and why it's important. So why do we become a B Corp? Um, so the values of some fresh produce, so obviously the business behind Picks and, and all the brands, um, it's always been people and family. And it's about finding kind of uh, a certification, accreditation, a, um, a an acknowledgement of what we do as a business is right. And trying to find I was trying to find something that that fit fitted what who we were and our values and it was really difficult and to to show our retail business partners back then um, that we are not just a supplier we're, we're not just buying fresh produce from a grower in Spain and putting it into a pack and supplying a retailer there is a lot more that goes into it with our auditing and our, our, our background to, to how we source that product and the price that goes back to the grower. So 
I found B-Labs over in the States and then realized that they're over here in the UK and then tasked the team for doing it. Uh, big shout out to a guy called Jeff Fitch, who doesn't work for us anymore, but who, who did and was fundamental in putting that together. He um, helped us go through that certification to becoming B Corp. And what does B Corp ultimately mean to kind of narrow it down? It's our business has a purpose. Okay, so one of the things you actually have to change is your articles of association. It's that you're legally signing up to becoming a B Corp. So you've got to have a purpose about what you do. It's not about making just a profit. It's about looking out for the people that work for you, the people within your supply chain, the people at the growers. It's people globally. And it's about making sure that the resources that you use isn't depleting the planet. So it's having a purpose. It's looking after people. It's looking after the planet. And then after that, we try to make a profit out of all of it. And it's incredibly hard in fresh produce. Probably that's the reason why we still are the only B Corp certified fresh produce business, be it organic or conventional, that supplies UK retailers. Because you, you literally, you show the world what you're made of and you stand by your values. So who are we? We are an incredibly ethical caring business that wants to leave the right legacy behind that people remember that those guys actually did the right thing they weren't out for just making sheer profit mm. and screwing over the planet and people it's not what we're about it's never who, who our values were yeah. I'll leave that to the, leave that to the big corporates yeah I think especially now like in this sort of like day and age and the 21st century and with a lot of um a lot of I guess like millennials and exennials growing up they want that transparency in the supply chain and just like well not even supply chain to be honest they want that transparency in what they're buying it's incredibly important and you know David Attenborough is coming out with new documentaries left right and center which I love he that man is amazing and like it's something that we just can't ignore anymore like there's so many documentaries out there now about you know the planet and, and what's going on that you have to you have to be transparent or come or or you know consumers won't they won't continue to back your brand because they don't believe in what you do and it eventually will fail. The, the, the way to make it, the way to make a difference as us as consumers is you've got to shop with the businesses that are actually making a difference. Don't just go to the cheapest to, I mean, look at all of the scandals that come out in, in, in the food side, you know, if, if you push suppliers to be the cheapest, you're going to end up finding that someone's going to end up breaking a mm. system. Look at Horsegate, you know, putting horse meat into, into burgers and things, you know, because they would have been pushed. They haven't been audited properly. They don't have the right credentials. This, this, the, this ever quest of big businesses getting the cheapest product, well, very rarely would you ever buy a cheap toilet paper for the very good reason that you're going to end up someday giving something on your hand that you don't really want. So cheap and cheap isn't the best. Yeah, I can agree. However, I think, yeah, I think especially it's, it's hard. It's really hard to push that message out because I think everyone is incredibly price sensitive. Um, like whether it is, you know, fresh produce, whether it's sustainable clothing, I think there's still, there's still probably a lot of way to go about educating 
the the consumers in terms of like the back systems and like what you actually do to to make a difference whereas you know there's loads of massive corporates that are able to supply products and clothing and etc etc really cheap because you know they have that bargaining power that small companies don't but I just really hope that now you know especially with the pandemic and and everything going on and the world changing and you know climate change that as consumers we can really see how important it is to like back the small brands now and you know let's let's work together to make a difference because eventually that will all add up but as much as the the big businesses have that buying power you're giving them the power by yeah, buying it from course. them so choose, choose your purchasing yeah. pattern you know ch- ch- where you purchase that product you don't need to own 25 shirts mm. It's excessive. Oh, don't look in my shoe Go cupboard. Buy- you know, I was going to say you're ta- you're telling that to the well, you're telling that to the right person, but she probably won't listen. No, I will. But the things, it, but it, it it relates to all of us. You know, don't go out and buy that five pound shirt. Go out and buy that twenty five or fifty pound shirt, which is going to yeah. last you five, ten years, instead of something that's going to just last you a yeah. season. You're you're part of the problem, not part of the solution. Yeah. And then I guess in terms of sort of what's next and where do you see yourself going? How, how do you see yourself like diversifying? Um, are you going to target well, offices when, you know, re- they reopen or do you have already have a plan? What, what is next or keep doing what you're doing? So Pete, um, well, we already, we already serve some schools um, uh, in, um, in actually funny enough, central London with um, our fruitist boxes because Pics has got three different box types. We've got our homey box, which is kind of, that's the box for us at home. We've then got our preps the box, which has either got three compartments or five compartments in it. The three compartment box is aimed at your bars. So that's where you kind of put a lemon and lime uh, orange in it or something. So that's for the kind of the garnishes and flavors at, at the bars. Then the preps the five compartment, that's aimed at your food trucks, your commercial kitchens and things. So that's where you can have five ingredients in there. And then you've got the fruitist box, which is three compartments in it. And that's aimed at your schools, your gyms, your hotels, your conference centers, your offices. And that's where you can choose to have three different types of fruits in it. So, I mean, you could have three different varieties of apples in it if you so choose. But, you know, a lot of people have, you know, uh, an apple, an orange and a pear in there. And that's just about bringing fresh produce into, putting it into the mainstream. So where you're in an office and there's that temptation of cookies and chocolate and all the other items that you could get out the vending machines and things are just having a fresh produce box so it's about looking after your team um and and your your staff's well-being and i think well-being is going to be the next big thing for employers they've realized that they don't need to have i'm talking about the big businesses they don't need to have great big offices where they've got two three four five thousand people in it um they can have an office which can has a capacity of a thousand it's more um adaptive the, the working schedule but then giving those employees where they're not having to spend the money on big offices and to then fund the canteens and things, we'll start giving those employees the benefit of maybe a fresh produce box once mm. a month. So start encouraging them to eat healthily. And we're starting to see that already at Pitt. We just had a very large, well-known um, company contact us and they've just given over 5,000 of their UK employees boxes. Wow. Yeah, you know, and that was a that's a massive thing that they've done, and that was all to highlight Mental Health Awareness Week. And they've, you know, I take my hats off to them. They've they've done an amazing job of of highlighting it to their team. Yeah. So I think 
where is it going to go? It's going to be looking after um, employees. Yeah. It's going to be helping them and giving them some benefits. So it may be that you give them £15 a month and the employee has to pay for the delivery yeah. or something. But I, 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 think, I think there's going to be, that's going to be the next big thing for us. And we're certainly seeing it with our orders coming in. I think you're right. I think employees' well-being, mental health is just like, yeah, one of the biggest kind of, it's the pandemic of like the 21st century, isn't it? Like stress and mental health and stuff like that in itself. But you're right in the sense that having like the healthy, how how healthy eating as well can have such a massive impact on your mental health. And, you know, when you eat well, you feel better and obviously stuff like that. And I, I think it, I think it's Tesco. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think they are now they are for that scheme um, where kids can have like a banana or something as they go around store. Um, so most of the retailers have got that free fruit yeah, at the beginning of the it. store, um, which which is great. But um, I think we've got a, and I, I think that's to probably encourage people to actually eat those bits instead of kind of um, mm. picking something off the shelf and then before they pay for it, starting to eat it. Um, I, th- I think we've got to go back into the, the the big businesses, the small businesses, and look at how do we actually support our team and their well-being so yes it, it could be discount to gyms it could be fresh produce boxes it could be you know offering people um discounted drinks where it, it's not sugary drinks mm. it's you know for instance you know i give the, the team in here they have ugly drinks oh yeah sugar-free drinks brilliant brand love it i think they do a great job and their drinks are amazing i uh, that's what we offer you know the team here have, have got free access to that and I think it's those sort of um, incentives that we need to be offering people within business yeah. that work for us. We've got to look after them. You're only as good as your team. And if your team's not performing, your business isn't performing. So they are the engine of your business. Mm, yeah. Gone are the days of that kind of like nine to five commute, very little benefits, you know, incredibly hardworking. I think it is definitely more like, you know, employees, employers, looking at their employees and being like, how can we get the best out of you? But also how can we make sure that we're making you, you know, feel like valued and obviously like, yeah, having those benefits will make you perform better. And therefore, as you said, have that performance in the business. Definitely. Regardless of their position within the business, everyone has a purpose and they're valued. And and it, em, employers should recognise that and, and look after yeah. them because they are all rock stars within your own business and you, you've got to look after them to basically, you know, for your band to always play at its mm. best. I love, I'd love to get a fresh box of fruit and veg delivered as like a employee benefit. I know lots of people probably rather have chocolate and stuff, but I, I love my healthy eating. So yeah, I would, I think that was such a fab benefit and like, you know, adding in a recipe card or something fun where you can be like, look, here's four different types of tomatoes. Here's a fab tomato salad with, you know, extra, extra, blah, blah, blah it's nice to kind of have a, like a follow through link as well, like having that bit of education about it. Where, where does it come from? Definitely, I think, you know, you know, it's organic. Why, what does that mean? You know, the reasons behind why you do what you do. So there's a lot of things that we've got on the roadmap for PICT um, where it will be about bringing us as a community together yeah. to then share our experiences about fresh produce and what we do. And it's not just about some, business saying well you know here's this recipe you should make this no you know 
Mary, who lives in, in Glasgow, her mum used to make this amazing um, sauce and she's now sharing that with us. So all of a sudden we all now get to make this amazing sauce and it needs to be community, community led um, because we've all got a voice and it needs to be heard. Mm. Oh. So where do you guys see the, the, the industry going? Well, as, as working for the Coconut Collaborative mean? Yeah, well, Coconut Collaborative, you know, uh, where do you see the kind of the the, the home delivery business going? So, I th- well, I mean, for us, direct-to-consumer home delivery um, as a chilled brand is quite difficult. Um, we have to sell things in kind of cases um, of six to make it um, basically economical for us. And obviously someone buying six yogurts at a time is quite a lot of fridge space um, and they might not necessarily use it. Obviously it's a perishable good as well. So it has that, um, that sort of element to it. So I don't, I think it is, it's definitely something that we need to work on as a business. We are relatively new to the sort of the DTC world. Um, But as, as the industry goes, I think, yeah, you can't, you cannot ignore that coronavirus has literally accelerated online about 15 years, probably in the space of like 18 months. Um, and agree. you have to, you have to adapt people. Yeah. As you said, consumers are demanding that next day delivery. They're demanding that, that choice, that flexibility. So it's incredibly important whether we will see the diminish though of like, I don't know of like, you know, going shopping and, and the high street I don't think we ever will I think it will just be it will have to adapt massively it will have to be more of an experience um going in store something that would make you want to go in store um uh, and stuff like that so but yeah as, as terms as online going it's definitely it, you know we just look at like the likes of Amazon and all these kind of businesses that are just basically exponential growth and like you said you've already had you know that 17,000 percent increase so yeah it's 100 percent the right the right way and what businesses will be doing and I think like you know my grandma's 84 and she's got an iPad like she's 84 and she's got an iPad like you know it's it's you know they want that they want to be browsing and especially my grandma loves M&S so she's buying blazers and skirts galore it's a bit dangerous actually to play devil's advocate though I mean and I work predominantly with grocery retailers right so I kind of have my consumer hat on but also from a retailer point of view I think you know they they've changed or they've had to change a lot in the last year you know for them it was challenging but in a good way I guess in terms of you know loads of people you know we had the whole panic buying thing at the start and then it was all about sort of customer safety and I think you know there's a lot to be said for the way that most of them kind of acted during that time I think they all acted pretty responsibly did the best for their shoppers help local communities when they needed help and I think there'll always be a place for physical retail you know Zoe you say that you um you you like online shopping but we go to the supermarket you know once once every week and do a big shop I go and then we pick up we kind of do little top-ups here and there I think what the future is is where whereas before from a consumer point of view whereas before people would just go to the supermarket or just go online I think there's going to be a bit of both right and as you said Matt People, you don't want your customers, or I'm sure you'd love them to, but you're not going to force your customers to buy, you know, four weeks worth of boxes in a go. It's not a subscription model unless you don't want it, unless you want it to be. I think there's going to be the kind of flexible grocery shopper 
people are going to be mixing up their channels more than ever. You know, they might go mm -hmm. to Sainsbury's local for something. They might go to the big Tesco for something. And then they might get a veg box once, twice a week. You know, I think there's going to be the future, especially in kind of urban areas where there's so much choice. I think you're going to get a lot more people who change their habits and just are more flexible in the way and where they shop. I completely agree. So where people have gone to that traditional one, one stop to buy everything, people now love that adaption where they can go and pick and choose what they want, where they want, how they want, get it when they want. And we've got used to it. And, and it's great. Let's be honest. You know, it is really, really easy. I can buy something at seven o'clock on Amazon. I can have it with me the next mm. day. That's amazing. Um, it's, it is now the world that we live in. So I think the traditional bricks and mortars retailers are going to struggle. I think we're going to find a lot more of their, um, supermarkets end up becoming fulfillment centers for the online side uh, but you're right there is still as a place for certain retailers where people like to go out with their friends shopping um, but I think where we have seen it in the past I don't think we're going to be going back there no I agree and I think also this is a time that and we, they all know this but you know, supermarket, grocery retailers, especially the big ones, it's time for them to really listen to their customers and their communities and what, what shoppers want. Because I think to a certain extent, pre-pandemic, they kind of became a little bit complacent, right? You know, it's been the same, it's been the same big four for, you know, 20 years and it's been the same other six or seven for 20 years as well. And, you know, yes, that people come and go, but I think there's so many, you know, it's, it's down to companies like you, right? And also you've got, you know, people like HelloFresh, Gusto, all of those guys doing meal kits specifically. You've got the likes of Wheezy, you've got Deliveroo, you've got Uber. There's so many companies trying to disrupt the way that we eat and we buy food and we consume things that I think retailers now really need to kind of step up and change the way that they're doing things because otherwise they will get left behind. You know, we've seen some retailers that especially this year, like for likes are going to be down because of the bumpy year they had last year. I think it's going to be a really, uh, a really interesting next couple of years for, for grocery retail, especially in the UK, but I think also globally. Completely agree. I think from us, from a fresh produce perspective, the retailers are, there's only one or two, but most of them are way behind when it comes to fresh produce and that consumers aren't just buying it because it's organically grown. It's also the... Um, the environmental impact and the kind of the ethical sourcing that goes behind also organic, um, particularly if you have B Corp certification. So I think you're going to find a lot more can a lot more retailers will need to tune in to uh, businesses which are which are B Corp certified because I think that really is going to be a metric where us as customers are going to say, well, I listen, did it come from B Corp business? No. Okay, well, I'm not really interested in it because where you bought it from, I'm sorry, but have you done any uh, traceability on it? Is it ethical? Do you, you know, are they using tax havens? You know, how is that business? Well, why should I buy from you then? Mm. And I think that's where us as consumers, we've got really got to hold big retailers to account and say, listen, I am only looking for this product, this, these types of certifications because I know that I can put my hand on my heart and say, I know that that's been done right. No, I totally so, agree. 
Well, I think it's going to be an interesting couple of years in, in, in the grocery and, you know, fresh produce and just sort of food and, and F&B generally. I think, you know, the pandemic has, as Zoe said, sort of fast forwarded and accelerated things a lot quicker than they would have been. And it was already going in that direction. So I think, you know, it's, it's definitely there's opportunity, but there's also, you know, adaption and shoppers have, shoppers have changed. People that consumers have changed the way they buy things, the way they do things, where they go to buy them. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's awesome that there are local, you know, businesses that have a purpose and, uh, you know, doing something good and giving back to the community um, as well. In, in addition to, you know, the, the, the big grocery retailers and other retailers that have done, you know, the right thing for the most part uh, over, over the past year. I think it'd be interesting to find those businesses which have been particularly um, had a lot of money pumped into them. Mm see how actually they fare coming out of this because they've seen this huge increase. Um, and there's um, was one in particular I'm thinking about, you know, they've only made a profit because of COVID. Mm. Um, and I think when, when we come out of this, you know, where's their model going to be? Are they going to go back to being a loss-making business? So I think there's going to be some casualties down the road with, with, uh, with uh, these box schemes bit milk it solutions bit even fresh produce businesses yeah. um just see what happens i think it's Amazing. you just got to be super, very fluid yeah, in the business and you've got to be able to adapt and and change direction incredibly quickly and not be this oil tanker and, and not be able to change direction yeah and i think that's the other thing about you know business your size or the size of picked is you are able to adapt right and you you could adapt at when the pandemic started when you had that influx of orders and you can kind of adapt as and when, because as you said, you don't have thousands and thousands of staff. You don't have hundreds of stores. You don't have, you know, all of these different things to kind of worry about. You're, you're a slick machine, but you're also able to adapt should, you know, something happen or, you know, you need to adapt, right? Businesses are going to constantly need to change and evolve in line with, with what shoppers want and what consumers want. We're an incredibly lean, uh, lean kind of machine here, you know, our, as a business, we have we try to keep our overheads, you know, as, as low as as they can possibly be. Our biggest overhead is our team. You know, in in that COVID lockdown, um, we we actually used an agency team, but I actually asked the or the entire agency team to come and work for me directly because I wanted them to actually be paid more than minimum wage, and I wanted those to then be able to have a contract so they can then go out and get things like a mortgage. Mm where being, being on the agency, they couldn't. So you know, we employed just over 20 people during the lockdown where it was, it was like, Matt, you know, pay everyone's laying people off. We did the opposite. You know, we employed people who we invested in our team. Um, let's see what happens in the world that we live in. Yeah. It is one guaranteed thing. It is going to be changing all the time. It, it's never going to be, um, it's never two minutes of the same, which is... Um, fun in one way and nerve-wracking in another um, and we'll just see what happens yeah well it's been lovely to chat to you um i think you know I, i've certainly learned a lot and i think zoe zoe probably has too um so yeah thanks very much for for joining us and uh yeah we'll, we'll keep in touch and and definitely keep keep supporting you guys and what you're doing because i think it's i think it's really admirable um and i definitely think it's the way that that the other consumers are going to be going as well Appreciate it. And, you know, I really, you know, thank you, Sam. Thank you, Zoe. And, and to anyone who listens, if you ever 
if you need any help or, or I can introduce you to someone, reach out. You know, we're only, we're, we're one global community and we've got to help each other. Um, it's not about getting one up on, on someone else. So if I can help someone, reach out to someone within my network, reach out to me and I'll help do whatever I can to make your business possible. Please remember to follow, subscribe and leave a review as it really supports what we do. See you guys next time.